Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. They're incredible sheets. They're incredible bed sheets that were inspired by NASA. They use silver-infused fabrics and make temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature. And let me tell you a little something about myself. When I first moved to New York City, I essentially went to a corner bodega, bought a set of sheets that were made out of what felt like cardboard, and that's what I slept on for like years. I thought, I guess I thought I just wasn't even worth more or like, I just didn't even know that comfort was possible. And then I started like actually realizing like, oh, I don't have to live like this and buying actual sheets that made sense. And truly the temperature regulating property of these NASA inspired sheets by Miracle Made are like the apotheosis of adult living. Like you can live with comfort, with temperature regulating. The funny thing is I thought temperature regulating was just like something you had to just deal with your whole life. That There was no sheet that could help you with that. Your body just went through wild temperatures and that just, you know, sucked and you had to just deal with it. But you don't have to deal with it because you can get miracle made sheets. They're self-cooling for better sleep. They're also, this one's really fun and it's actually really important for my husband, they're self-cleaning because they're infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. And because of that, it's designed for your skin. So it stops the bacteria so it doesn't clog your pores and it doesn't cause as much, you know, breakouts and acne, which is a big problem for my husband. Since we started using Miracle Made, my husband has just had way less of the breakouts and the clogged pores. And like I said, they're just like, luxurious. Um, They're designed for a person who's graduating from the cardboard sheets of their youth. (laughs) Graduate from those, you guys. So go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's T-R-Y, trymiracle, M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash fake the nation. And at the checkout, use the promo code fake the nation and you'll get three free towels and you'll save an extra 20%. And Miracle's so confident in their product that it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you're going to get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fakethenation and use the code fakethenation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fakethenation to treat yourself. And thanks so much to Miracle Made for sponsoring this episode. And thanks so much to Miracle Made for regulating my body temperature at night uh, with the sheets. I really love them. Fake the Nation, episode 163. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we gallivant around in flip-flops on sandy beaches, maybe. I am your host, Nikki Farsad, and as you hear this, I am potentially doing those things, or I'm stuck in traffic. Anyways, I'll be in Southern California, throwing a baby at a couple of parents. Today, we're going to hear burning hot takes from the likes of Connie Wang, Christian Vidigan, Lindsay Boylan, Leah Bonema, and Selena Kopic. I know uh, that sounds way too good for me to waste any more time with this intro, so let's just get started with topic number one. 
Uh, we read an article called Why Girls Beat Boys at School and Lose to Them at the Same Time by Lisa Damore at The Times. Um, it was a really interesting article. And to talk about it, I'm joined uh, by uh, Fake the Nation regular, Sina Kaznavi. Hey, Sina. Hey, hey, hey. And I'm also joined by uh, my one of my great comedian friends, Selena Kopik. Hey, Selena. Hello, Zagin. How you doing? Um, you guys, let's just first discuss what's happening. Basically, girls outperform boys academically, and yet boys end up with 90% five percent of the top tier positions in the country's largest public companies um did reading this article ring true to you like did you experience any of this in school yeah absolutely yeah. i grew up in a, a group of friends that were just like oh i didn't study i'm not doing homework i'm just gonna do well in the tests." and i was like i don't know how to do well on tests i have to study hard and i was so upset that i wasn't able to keep up with them and then there were always the girls that were also the top of the class that had as this article pointed out meticulous color-coded notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful notes. Yeah. That was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Same. This kind of gave me PTSD from high school because um, I remember... Oh. I remember this guy. It's like it was this guy was emblematic of the whole thing this article is about that basically that we breed um competence in women but confidence in men yes. as as young boys. Uh and this can't like I, when I was in high school I remember there was this guy we'll just call him Jim Brown or whatever. Jim Brown, that is the Ugh. stupidest <laughs> Jim Brown. fake yeah. name. I just didn't Hall put any effort. <laughs> I didn't put any effort into that at all. We'll call him James Newhausen. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, I love Rudy Giuliani. Okay, he's trying to pick a name at random. Okay. <laughs> um, so any, this, name. Any, any, any name. Just, any, uh, just, you know, <laughs> typical uh, Joe Schmo guy. Ah, Joe so, Millionaire. Sorry. So Joe... <laughs> Millionaire mansion? What? Yeah. Okay, he was uh, this kid at school who's kind of like, hey, uh, Miss Johnson, what was the homework? I don't remember. I wasn't listening. Like he was like in all the AP classes, but like didn't work at them at all. But then somehow still ended up going to like a top tier school. And I was just like, and I mean, like. It, I did. He was also always like scrambling to finish homework. You know what I mean? Like I was like number two in my class. Whatever. <laughs> um, it's like a longstanding disappointment of my life that I wasn't number one. <laughs> number doesn't two? matter. Doesn't matter. God. I know I was a fucking piece of shit for being number two. Anyways, doesn't matter. <laughs> oh my god. But like, no, but like, and then the top five were all uh, w- girls except for one guy. And there was actually six because the the number ones were tied. Whoa. Doesn't matter. Anyways, no, this is all so stupid. <laughs> but my point is that this guy, Jim Newhausen, he um just was always like I remember just stressing out in this English class because this teacher was really tough and you know she's kind of crazy and she was like oh Jim like she just thought it was adorable that he was kind of ridiculous mm-hmm. and then I would be like um uh, Mrs. Johnson would you please tell me the parameters of the homework assignment you have for us tonight in terms of like I was go I would roll out a red carpet I would m- put up a marching band for her I would do all of these ridiculous things so that she would treat me well so that she would like so that I could do well in her I mean I would work so hard for this class and then get the same grade as this other motherfucker mm-hmm. and I, I just it, but this was always and I just thought well then I guess I need to work harder so I can do even better than it's like I could never get an A that was stronger than one of his A's do you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. because that's the thing 
it's an A is an A is an A. It mm-hmm. really doesn't matter. Like an A minus is still an A and an A plus is still an A. And I was always trying to get an A triple plus, like a thing that doesn't <laughs> exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I totally had, I experienced exactly this phenomenon uh, yeah. growing up. Oh, I definitely saw in high school and college guys who were like slacking off or like missing class because they had to, they were on the baseball team and had to travel. And I remember distinctly teachers and professors treating these guys like lovable scamps, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, they're not attending class. Right. Like, can I get any credit for being here and giving a shit? You know, like, but I but I do, I mean, I do think that, you know, I mean, there's that saying, like, Lord, grant me the confidence of a mediocre white man. And, yeah, yeah. and it's, I mean, I do see that to be so true. I have a friend who, this story perfectly encapsulates it. She was in a lift line, so, you know, assorted people in the car that get in. She doesn't know them. And somehow they're talking about rollerblading. Uh, I think my friend had her rollerblades or something. And uh, and so she's talking to this guy, and the guy goes, you know, yeah, I'm really good at rollerblading. You know, I just, there's one thing I don't know how to do, but I'm really good at it. Uh, and my friend goes, yeah, you know, I'm I'm actually not very good at it, but I'm trying to learn. Uh, you know, I know how to do everything except for really stop. And, and so I'm not very good at it. And the guy goes, oh, that's the same here. I'm really good at it. Like, like <laughs> right, it's the same thing. Exactly. They have the exact same skill set. Her perception is she's not good at it. His perception is I am good at it. Yeah. And like yeah. that, there it is in a nutshell. Yeah. You know? No, exactly. And I, it's funny because like it, what's, what I think is interesting in it and how it's affecting um, the workforce is that it pervades within me to this day where my therapist, as I am a therapist, um, is always like, you know, challenging me to get a B. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. work like work you're working for a B. And I was like, I don't I don't understand. Like, you know, I don't know how to do well, that. Interestingly enough, and again my therapist says it's okay, you don't have to be Andre Agassi. Be- <laughs> <laughs> that, is the, that is what we talk about. Really? Oh, man. It was tough. I was a I broke kid, tennis references. player. It was yeah. very difficult. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Same thing. It's like we have that. But I think yeah. there's also an education system that sets that up for people, right? And the education system says, learn this input and then output for an exam. And girls in school were like, okay, well, I'll do all this. I'll follow all the rules. But in the real world where the economy works, you got to learn a quick skill, figure out how to like fail quickly and understand how you failed and then like do it again and then just follow your fear and get in there and just act like you know what you're doing. How many times? I mean, comedy is a great example. You got to get on stage not knowing what's going to happen, really terrified, really underprepared to a certain extent, and then just hope it works out. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you just keep doing that and then things get better. Yeah. And and then sort of the system reveals itself, you know, like hard work isn't always doesn't always pay off. Like it's a strange alchemy of like time. And this is the case for, I think, many industries like timing what they need, what they're hiring for. If you get along with the person, you know, like and it's just sort of dumb luck often, you know. And you know what? What's really sad is that the real world is not about um, work. It's about marketing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about self-branding. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all yeah. about self-promotion. And I mean, Hillary Trump is a perfect example. No, exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, and I think that's something. What's weird is, like, I don't remember what is the lesson exactly that, like, Jim Neusenhausen, whatever the fuck I called him, was getting in when it came to like personal marketing and self branding that I didn't get, you know, in high school. I don't know how he got the lesson. I didn't get that lesson because I was probably 10 years developmentally delayed 
from that one aspect. Like he was able to like march into the workforce and get what he wanted mm-hmm. much quicker than I was mm-hmm. just because he could articulate that he wanted that thing mm-hmm. and that he thought he was a great fit for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so what it like it's 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 interesting to me that there's such a gap uh, was created between b- boys and girls in school um, for this, you know, because it's not explicit. It's just mm-hmm. this kind of patriarchal reaction, like you were saying, the professors that are like, oh, they didn't come to class, they're lovable scamps. Yeah. It's this, that's a gendered response oh, to no. the difference between boys and girls as being adorable or yeah. something. And it's so just sort of subtle and you don't even realize you're learning these lessons of somehow – you know, I think women feel like I'll put effort into this and I almost – I'll show that I put effort in. And I think maybe it's a sort of a shaming of that men, the, the message they get is like it's embarrassing to act as though you've put effort in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whereas women yeah. were given permission. Like Hillary was so prepared for those debates and guys kind of gave her grief for it. Like, right. huh? <laughs> you know? Oh, I but they love that. They're like, Trump doesn't even know what he's saying. Yeah. You know? like. But I think those are messages we're getting as children of, you know, like, I mean, I remember when I was in college, there was a discussion of like, it seemed cool to not work hard. And I was like, my dad's paying 40 grand a year for me to go here. I'm going to work real hard, okay? Right. And I'm going to let everyone know that I'm working hard. But yeah, and that's the part know? of it too, is like a, broadcasting yeah. to everybody how hard that you worked yeah. um, to, to, to prove your competence and like to prove that your competence is backed up with like several binders of color-coded notes, yeah. you know? And it's like, no one cares and, no, and you don't and have to. Somehow you know, that doesn't like, matter at all. Yeah. Uh, or very little. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I remember also trying to act like I was like a slacker, but really I was a very hard little worker. Yeah. I was trying to like <laughs> yeah. look cool and be cool, but I mean, I wasn't. I was like a nerd. And only now in my 30s do I realize like I love being a nerd. I yeah. love sitting in front of my computer for hours and like working on some very complex little challenge mm-hmm. and like working really hard is enjoyable for me. Yeah. But in the economy today, you just got to like go out and like brand yourself to your point again and like promote yourself. This is why we have the Kim Kardashians. I also I think this is like we're in a weird point in history in the information age where branding matters more than anything, yeah. limitlessly anything else in the and world. It's so gross. It's I mean, so gross. That's what I thought was so gross about the Fire Festival documentary is like you have all these like young media influencers. Oh, I'm sorry. Just like choked at <laughs> my breakfast. But they're all talking about like personal branding. And I'm like, oh, this makes me want to fling myself off a cliff. Like, I don't. But yeah, I mean, I do think that. Uh, well, and a lot of that, what we now call personal branding, people just used to call sort of like uh, having, uh, you know, friends. confidence. Or <laughs> Who gets friends when you got brand impression? But, you know, I think people used to just call it like being charismatic yeah. or yeah, being confident, yeah, yeah. you know. And, and I mean, yeah, I think like I've worked at companies where we've had new CEOs and some – you know, come in and they've got a lot of bravado. And I think somehow people respond to that. And, you know, not everyone does. But yeah, it's just, it's such a strange phenomenon of sort of fake it till you make it. And that often pays off. And it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, Well, in the article, they said, we need to ask, what if school is a confidence factory for our sons, but only a competence factory for our daughters? Um, And then the the article laid out some ways that we can kind of fix this, uh, this gap. Uh, and one of the things they talked about is uh, first, parents and teachers can stop praising inefficient overwork, even if it's re- even if it results in good grades. And I think that's a really good one because at no point in my childhood did anyone say you're working too hard for this outcome. Mm-hmm. Like for, you're working too hard for a good outcome. You're already 
like gonna have a good outcome. You don't need to do the extra. Like no, at no point did anyone talk about the the relationship between how much you work and outcomes that you might expect. And and also, you know, it, it, I was praised for working so hard, like by my parents. You know, they were never like, "Oh, she's working too hard." Uh, you know what I? <laughs> that is like that would be like the Twilight Zone if my yeah. parents were like, "See, yeah. that you're working too hard." Yeah, like what? Yeah. what? Immigrant is... parents saying you're what? working too hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was so, yeah. yeah. So I, I think wish... that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Because and I think I know like my friends who've become teachers have said in your first few years of teaching, you're getting your feet under you, but. If you find yourself in your classroom dealing with stuff until 7 and 8 p.m., it's like, okay, maybe this isn't for you, you know? Right, I mean, right, right. you really have to, at a certain point, be like, is this, yeah, like, is this worth the time I'm putting in? And is this pathway for me, you know? Yeah. You know what's a little bit sad is that there's all this stuff about, like, what we could do to make girls work less hard. <laughs> But there's nothing in this article about, like, why don't we get boys to fucking be better? Like, why don't they put in some goddamn actual work? That that made me a little angry. I know. Yeah, I remember I was reading (laughs) those. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, hashtag not all boys, whatever. (laughs) Not all boys. My God, am I going to get hate mail for this? Sorry, everybody. I love all people. Okay. Continue. No, but it's true. Yeah, I feel like we so often are quick to be like, well, let's get to the root of the problem. The people who don't benefit from the system. And it's like, no, no, maybe we'll talk about the people who do benefit from the system. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, how about we retract that? Uh. Yeah, I mean, because I think like I do. I mean, as much as I want to say to girls like, yeah, just like work as much as you need to to get an A as opposed to work more than you need to to get an A plus a pat on the back or whatever. Um I also think we could benefit from like just more more well-rounded people all around no regardless of gender you know what I mean in the school system um and yeah and another thing they talked about in the article is uh, encouraging girls towards a different approach to school one that's more focused on economy of effect rather than how many hours they put in so like having a little bit less pride about um what you put in and more about hey I was really efficient um, out of and got an A, you know, um, and and I think that's actually it's interesting because right now we're living in an age where people are like, um, I I work at a startup and we work seventeen hours a day, you know, and there's like you you kind of like pride yourself on how much you sleep at the office, um, so that's kind of like trickling down right into school age children and uh, in high school and stuff like that, and I think. All around, we need to stop praising that. Mm -hmm. Hours of labor is not a great metric for anything. And, Mm -hmm. you know, those startups all try to make it easy and they have like beanbags. I went and did a project at one of those (laughs) startups, which I will not name. They're non-existence anymore. But I I was like, saw these kids on beanbags. I was like, I can't do that. I got back pain. I got neck pain. I can't can't sit in a beanbag. I need lumbar support. Give me a Herman Miller chair. I need one. Stat. Also, I love they're always like paying a barely living wage. Like, but look at this cool fish tank. Like, you know what I'd love? A living wage. You know? <laughs> but there's wiffle ball. Exactly. <laughs> this feels like a dorm because you live here. You know, like, no, right. no, thank you. But it, but even these startups, right? You know, the, all the tech startups, they, they made us these phones that get updated every week or every month or every year the software gets updated. When's the last software update that we've had for the education system? Yeah. When's the last uh, update to have? Uh, <laughs> look at the man. 
again, stumbling into a really good metaphor <laughs> and not even trying. <laughs> but I think we need to just That's make it better. That's a great tagline for your education campaign, There we go. Sina. I'm running for office. I did inhale a lot. <laughs> Constantly. And it helped me think of good ideas. <laughs> I will inhale after the show. <laughs> um, all right, you guys. <laughs> we um, figured out the gender divide in uh, school-age children when it comes to the confidence gap. And theme. All right, you guys, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to ask, is it ever too late to pursue a dream? Ooh. <laughs> Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Ugh, folks. I mean, first of all, it's a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel unwanted subscriptions, and it monitors your spending, and it helps you lower your bills. But that's headline news, okay? What it has done for me, it has reminded me of the absolute ridiculous world of things that I have subscribed to. And why have I subscribed to them? Why have I wasted my money in such a way? And thank God that Rocket Money has come around to show me that, hey, Nagin, you don't need a subscription to an obscure Brazilian film archive, do you? One of the things that I found for me once that was really upsetting was that I was paying for a subscription twice. It was an educational app. And you think an educational app isn't going to do you that way, but you know what? It might. It also lowered a bill for me. Lord, my cable bill. Yes, I still pay for cable. Don't worry about it. And then the other great thing is when you are trying to get rid of these subscriptions, you just do it with one tap. You don't have to like call customer service or whatever, all the other miserable things that you do when you're trying to get rid of a subscription. It just does it with one tap. That's one of the actually best things about it because I've had such a hard time in the past trying to unsubscribe from something myself. It lowers your bills for you by up to 20%. 5 million users. It has helped save an average of $720 a year, which makes sense for me because that's about as much as, that's about what I was saving. And with over $550 million in canceled subscriptions, that's what they've achieved. I mean, you've heard me talk about Rocket Money before. It has really improved my relationship with subscriptions. I'm going to just tell you that much. So stop wasting your money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Guys, cancel those unwanted subscriptions at rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Today's show is sponsored by Factor. You guys, I totally was a factor person before they even sponsored this show because they're so delicious. And when you're constantly busy and just need a few nights of meals a week to just not have to cook, like factor is incredible. And then for me, here's the other incredible thing is they have these delicious keto meals because I try not to eat carbs and they have these wonderful keto meals. And me and my husband have just been rejoicing in factor meals. So here's their deal. They're ready to eat. They're fresh. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved. They're also ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week. And like I said, I had like the keto stuff, but they also have calorie smart. They have protein plus. 
There's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Um, I had one of their little green juice shots that I really enjoyed. And oh my God, the, I just remember having this one meal. It was like grilled chicken situation with like a, I want to say like a creamed spinach situation. Oh, so delicious. I remember also having like a cauliflower mash situation. I mean, they really make the veggies taste delicious. This ain't your grandma's veggies. Mm -mm. They make them fun and delicious and not at all like, oh, I'm eating healthy. It's not like that. It's like, this is fun and delicious. There's no prep, no mess. Like I said, they're ready to heat and ready to eat. So you don't have to prep. You don't have to buy stuff, ingredients, and da da da. I mean, if also, if you're like me and you're just like not terribly confident in the kitchen, you're going to love Factor. All right. So here is what I think you should do. I think you should head to factormeals.com. All right. Head, head to factormeals.com slash fake the nation 50 and use the code fake the nation 50 to get 50% off. That's code fake the nation 50 at factormeals.com slash fake the nation 50 to get 50% off. It is such a good deal. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And welcome back, you guys. Let's move on to topic number two. We read a piece called Is It Ever Too Late to Pursue a Dream by Matt Giles for Long Reads that details a 39-year-old dude who's seriously trying to become a basketball player. And we thought we would talk about the question, do you ever age out of pursuing a dream? Uh, so with me to talk about this question are uh, the writer, the Refinery29 writer, uh, Connie Wong. Hey, Connie. Hi. And uh, the comedian and longtime veteran of the Nation, Christian Finnegan. Hey, Christian. Hi there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys, like... Uh, we read so we read this piece about the guy. He's trying to become a basketball player. It's just hilarious because he's now. I think actually, he was thirty nine when he started. Now he's like forty or forty one. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of this guy? What what did how did this this story strike you of the a dude this age trying to achieve this goal? Can I say that I don't read a lot about basketball? Me and neither. I definitely don't read a lot about Canadian basketball, <laughs> collegiate Canadian basketball. So this was Which is what was we were reading. Yes, new in many different ways for me. Um I mean, I felt part of me was like, yeah, of course, you can go go after your dreams at any age as long as like you are financially stable, like you feel supported in in achieving these dreams and it's not going to like throw your life into shambles, like go for it. Um, But then on the other hand, like all the compliments that seemed to be thrown to this guy was sort of like patronizing in a way. It's like, oh, look at him. He tries Mm, so mm, hard. mm. His ankles are so swollen, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like he's so sweaty, (laughs) like, but he's really trying, but I don't know. I felt a little Christian, you are I, I you're like, of the sports. Um, well, specifically basketball. That's the only sport I care oh, about. Oh, okay. So um, this, are, this, this yeah, piece meant a lot to you? It really spoke to me. <laughs> now, uh, I felt like I was reading a long, like a 5,000-word a movie logline. Mm. Uh, you know, because you'd be like, okay, this dude, clearly, you know, I think 
I mean, I'm not trying to be cynical, but you know, I, I admire the work he's putting because he really is putting in the work. But I think the the pot of gold at the end of this dude's rainbow is not going to be that he makes it onto a professional to sports the NBA, team. It's right. going to be that somebody's going to buy movie rights and to his do a story movie about yeah, it yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. And if so, God bless him because, like I said, the dude seems like a great guy. And, he does. He's and had he, a like, lot. I mean, he's had kids, a million like, jobs that were you know kind of yeah. doing the job, doing the grind, so mm-hmm. he can make money, so his wife could go to school and all that. I mean, it's a it's a good. Yeah, yeah he's not neglecting. I mean, one of the things that I, I kind of liked about you know he talked about this is the one thing for me. It's like you know he's got his kids and he t- he doesn't seem to be neglecting them. I mean, maybe he is, but I mean maybe they would think differently. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I just need this one thing for, for me, me, you yeah. know. And I I think that every adult certainly once you get past a certain age, and I don't have children, but I can imagine that you've got to feel like, who am I at this point? Like, where am I in this sort of... Right, and it it isn't a small thing he's doing. It's not like the one thing he's doing for me. He went back to college straight up as a freshman, you know, and is taking a four-year, you know... One class per semester. Oh, so just enough to just enough qualify. to make the team, yeah, yeah. right, right, so right, it's like right. Two hours a week or something. So not a huge, not burden. a huge burden, but still. But the, I mean, the 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 being on the team is the real time, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. commitment. Well, I think he's got to spend like just super amounts of time in the gym. In addition to that, just to get his body at a point. Where didn't he, can... he lose like a hundred pounds or something? Hundred fifty pounds. pounds he lost yeah. doing this, which is also like that he's was six, kind of eight. inspiring. Yeah, he's a tall dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I okay, but let me tell you what I thought when I first read this piece was um, I immediately thought about a recent episode of This Is Us. Um, of what? This Is Us. Oh. Okay. Uh, do you watch it? Obviously you I do. do. Not, I okay. Do, do you watch it? I, I know. I don't like crying that much. Oh my God. Okay. No, it's a great show. All right. I watch the shit out of it. I cry every episode multiple mm-hmm. times. And um, what happened in one... Okay, spoiler alert. What happens in one of the episodes is like um, the Sterling K. Brown character and his wife, they like have a fight and... And she is um, – she wants to be a dance teacher and it's not a good time for their family because they need more child care support at home and whatever. And he says, I'm sorry you realized your dream 20 years too late. And I started crying when he said that because I was like, how dare you? And obviously like how dare he and what a shitty thing to say and all that. But I was just like, did she realize her dream of being a dance teacher 20 years too late? Like maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, is there? Do you guys have any friends or anyone in your lives or whatever that like is doing a thing that you're like, why are you doing that? It's too late for I, you. I mean, I think that describes. Yeah, most go ahead, of say us. it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean are you really? talking about comedians? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, this is uh, rather in the spot. My birthday was Monday, and uh, you know, you're 26. No, uh, <laughs> I'm 46, and. Do you, no, are you really? Yeah. I didn't think you were 46. Well, I am. Well done. You look That's good, buddy. That's you to say. Uh, it's all internal. But, <laughs> um, but you know, it does make you start to kind of act, ask yourself, all right, what is my life now? What is it going to be? And in the, the business that we have, the business we have chosen, uh, it, it does make you question, like, at what point 
is this vanity, you know, or at what point am I just doing this because I don't know what else to do? Mm-hmm. You, you know, mm-hmm. what are the decisions I've made? You know, and I look at my my stepbrother who, uh, my former stepbrother, um, we were friends and our parents got married for a while. But um, What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, it's the spinoff series. It's just that one sentence you said. Uh, he was like my best friend in high school and then our parents were married That's for like 10 so years. That's so weird. Okay. Um, but we're still best friends. But he is a guy who is very talented and, you know, was going to be a music producer, went to college, to, you know, but then now works doing finance analyst shit. And, right. And I have always been, like, kind of frustrated with him. Like, why would you do this? Blah, blah, blah. Well, now we're four. Uh, he's 47. I'm 46. He's pretty much got the next 20 years of his life set up. Mm-hmm. And I don't. <laughs> you you right. know what I mean? And so you you make choices. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think you either you either pursue your dreams and then you spend your 40s biting your nails or you suck it up and then you spend your 40s wishing you'd pursued your dreams. Yeah. Oh, so you no one wins. Nope. Um <laughs> so I mean, yeah. Kardashians win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, wasn't it yeah. Mark Marin who said something like um, in the, one of the things that made his podcast so famous and go viral in those early days is like him being really honest about his own career prospects, which hilariously blew up and he yeah. became, you know, the guy he is because he admitted to saying basically these things of like, is it your, are you chasing your dreams or are your dreams chasing you? Like, at which point are your dreams chasing you? And I think when you're it, like, when you're talking about, and it's usually people who are talking about doing something artistic, right? It's These stories are generally not like, I had this dream, dream of being an accountant, and I'm finally an accountant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I decided to pursue my dream of being an accountant at the age of, <laughs> at the at the old age of 45, when I was clearly past my prime for using Excel. <laughs> um, it's never, usually not that scenario. It's usually something kind of more in the arts or whatever, mm-hmm. an, athletic, an athletic thing, a dance thing. Maybe you know, starting whatever. your own business. Like oh, that, yeah, that's, yeah. that's sort of the, the non-artistic version. Sure, there you is, go. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then also, there's a there's really old people who go to medical school. I don't know why I said oh, yeah. it like that. Yeah. There's really fucking old people that go Hatch to medical Adams? school. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I remember my brother who was in medical school went to school with someone who was like much older. It was like an interesting, you know, mm-hmm. it was just like an interesting thing that they were doing such a crazy career change. Um, Do you know Bob Powers? You, yes. You know, Bob, he and I were, and maybe a couple other friends, we were joking about writing a screenplay about a bunch of 40-something comedians who all quit en masse and go to medical, go to dental school together <laughs> and you know but that's like the deal it's like kind of like a reverse of the sort of yes, the way those movies usually yeah. are yeah. and then one of them gets caught like sneaking out and doing open mics at night and like no right we're, we're dentists now <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious well i mean i think and you're you're in a field that it, it, one of these fields where everyone aspires like has a dream about doing it you yeah. know there are people that have that dream uh-huh. i mean what do you do you ever meet someone who's like older getting into um journalism that you're like, what are you doing? Well, I think one of the questions you have to answer is like, are you really good at this thing that you really want to do? It mm-hmm. could be a dream, but you could suck at it. Right. <laughs> you know? True, true. And mm-hmm. then it might just be a hobby and you have to be okay with it being a hobby. Um, actually, no. Um, older people don't <laughs> tend to really want to be journalists. <laughs> I think as you age, you kind of realize uh, that no one likes journalists except for other journalists, and even they don't like each other. Yeah, I was going to say, even journalists don't like journalists. (laughs) Exactly. So, journalism isn't really one that um, 
disillusionment sets in really, really early. Um, But no, I do see this a lot. My my dad pivoted away from his career in his mid fifties. Wow! To what? To to have his own business, uh, oh, he yeah. owns a Kumon Learning Center in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Wait, a what? A Kumon Learning Center. It's like a tutoring service. Oh, those, you, you yeah, yeah, the yeah, logo yeah, with yeah, yeah. the smiley face, face the that's not smiling. I thought You're you right. Said, it's not smiling, mm. is it? It's like a, it's supposed to be a concentrating face. Oh. But, mm, <laughs> I thought I you said so. a, a Kumongering center, <laughs> and I was like, what is Kumongering? It's like fear mongering uh, for coups. Got you. Okay, so then how did that transition go for him? Well, he was an electrical engineer in this very very big company. Company mm-hmm. where he had very little autonomy, but he was pursuing a skill and a craft that he was really, really good at, like top of his yeah. industry. And it was so unfulfilling after a while, yeah. you know? And then he decided to do this pivot. But like because he had the, you know, money set aside to, to make this happen. Does he find this more fulfilling? So much more fulfilling. He's a completely different person now. He makes a ton less money. He works actually more hours now, but he has but so much more energy. It. He's yeah. happier doing it. Um, but he was able to make it work if this was not, if he wasn't good at it. You know, if the business wasn't doing very well, I, I'm sure it would be stressing him out in ways that his former job, it would be a bigger stress for him, you know? Right. But you could do this at any age. I just think that if you're, you have to be open to the idea that you don't know everything, that the world is different. You have to probably learn different processes and communication yeah. styles and all these things, um, which he is open to. But you can do it at any age as long as you have the money. I it also won't ruin think it's not all or nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. You can add something to your life instead of – it doesn't have to be a complete transition all at once. It yeah. could be a gradual shift, you know, where your nights and weekends in your ideas or whatever when until, we, you know. When did we – come to this point where we, we're so sure now that like the the ultimate in life is that we have to make money off of our passions. Like you're not doing it right if your job isn't your passion. It feels like a dot-com mentality thing that's blown well, up to me, too much. To me it's that sort of that boomer mentality. It's like find a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. So yeah, yeah. tell that to a garbage man. <laughs> like, you know. Wait, but I feel like boomers were more like get a job at a factory. Mm. Make sure you have insurance. See, to me, I oh. think of it as I think of it as that sort of like 70s, 80s, yeah. sort of, you know, children of the revolution. I, you know, oh, the, I don't know. Yeah, 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 their parents, I think, was very Work much get like, a job. Yeah, that's more greatest yeah, generation. Oh, you're right. You know, okay, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, it, it's weird, like, as a comedian, because I feel like I know a lot of comedians. And I want to crawl into their brains and be like, what is your end goal? What's your plan? What's your plan? We know a lot of people that are like, yeah. you know, they're comics. They've been comics for a long time, but they're not necessarily earning money from it. You know what I mean? And you're sort of like, oh, what, what is, what do you, and some people I think are doing it just because they love doing it. Yeah. It's not about money. They have a day job. They're fine doing that day job. And then I know a lot of people that are really frustrated that they have a day job or whatever. And then I think even, you know, for myself, like I have dreams and aspirations that are bigger than what I'm doing now, but also I'm a working comedian. Like I earn a living doing this. I don't have a day job. And, it, you know, and there's there's gradations to a dream, you know, mm-hmm. like a dream isn't there's steps along the way to a dream where you're just like, yeah. And then I spent many years um, as a sustainable working. Comic, yeah, it's like you know? my dream is not ever have to sit into uh, and sit in a staff meeting. Right. That's yeah. my dream. Yeah. Right, <laughs> my, right. My, my dream is to 
not ever have to wear dress shoes under any circumstances. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And like I think, you know, by those metrics, um, there are a lot of people who are living their dream. I think we get so confused by a dream because for this guy, is it I'm me or I'm LeBron James? You know what I mean, it's like yeah. it's that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, we have to there are points between um where it, we've we turn everything into a, a, a kind of celebrity glamour story, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's not dreams aren't necessarily about that. Well, and again, it, it, like you were kind of implying, it's it's not necessarily all about the goal. It's like how do you want to spend your day to day life? Yeah, it's yeah. like for this guy, it's like. I kind of want to go play basketball again today. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That it's like, that's kind of the way I feel about comedy is, I, you know, I, I have sort of existential worries and I definitely could use a massive hubris injection at this point. I feel like <laughs> once we've been doing comedy for 20 years, I feel like that's what, that's what I struggle with now is that I don't have that just foolish belief in self that I used to have that yeah. everything's going to work out, you know? And, uh, but, but oh, I mean. So you're kind of suggesting that you, like it's just not even likely for you to have a ridiculous reckless dream you know in midlife because it's just your 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 confidence level isn't built that way uh, for me at, at that I, age? I can't i can't i can't speak for everyone but you know you, you you've you've been to the dance at a certain <laughs> point and <laughs> yeah. you kind of see the way i mean i'm maybe a little more cynical than most people but i think that you know, when I think about, well, how do I want to spend my day? It's like, well, I want to do stand up. I want to write more yeah. material. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I want to catch, I want to chase that buzz, however fleeting it must be. You know, you don't want to be a financial analyst. Yes. Yeah. So. And I will deal, suffer the consequences. Suffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're right. the real brave ones. <laughs> well, and I think journalism is similar because there's not that much money in it, right? Like, yeah. you, it's not like you're doing it. You will have dreams of being really financially solvent for a no, good part of your career as a journalist before you actually might access money through something else like a book sale like that went really well. Yeah, and that happens to like 1% of journalists. Exactly. And then you'll find out that nobody buys books and that's a hell of a time. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I know a single journalist who was like, I went into this industry because of the job security and the paycheck. Right, you know? right, 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 um, right. But it's also like they can't, like, we, I can't do anything other than what I do. Like, I'm not, I'm, I frankly don't think I'm good enough at anything else, but I also don't think I want to do anything else. Like, I ha- if I, I'm not doing the thing that I do, then I, I, I'm really screwed. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would be a, if I could go back though. If I had one foolish dream, yeah, I would be a backup singer. No, like really, not, not like the guy. I want to be the dude in the back with the hand on his ear, Ooh, yeah. really, like, singing, and then the two other people parts. flanking you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. just in the background. Just, well, does that, that would seem be like my... fun to you, or what? yeah? It really does. <laughs> it just literally seems Why, like because I, I used to love singing, and yeah. but I don't. I've learned that I don't really enjoy singing being the, the guy. The center. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. But I yeah. like singing harmony. Oh, okay. There's still time, man. There's uh, still time. Learning new things about Christian <laughs> food. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you guys. Uh, let me know. What do you think? Should people be pursuing their dreams at any age? Uh, obviously, yes. <laughs> but also, no, a little bit. Um, I feel like that's... <laughs> I feel like that's where we landed on this subject. Let's finish things off with our final topic of the day, topic number three. 
You guys, uh, joining me on this next segment is comedian Leah Bonama. Hey, Leah. Hey, Nagin. And candidate for Congress, uh, who is primary challenging Gerald Nadler in New York's 10th district, is Lindsay Boylan. Hey, Lindsay. Hello. Um, and to, we're going to talk about this article we read in the Times called The Ridiculous Fantasy of a No-Drama Relationship <laughs> by Laura Hilgers. And I was immediately <laughs> catapulted back into my online dating days. Oh. I remember reading No Drama all the time on profiles, and I thought I knew what it meant, but now I feel like I'm not sure. So um, are you guys familiar? Have you seen the no drama thing? Are you familiar with it? What are your thoughts? Uh, oh, I just don't, never want, I don't want to be a dramatic and jump over other people. I, <laughs> after reading this article, I I came into it thinking no drama meant something else. <laughs> and I feel like this person is on the dating apps and uh, obviously has a much better idea of what no drama means than I do. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to be like, oh, I don't think that's what no drama means because I don't want to be that person who tells people what things but mean. But what did you think it I meant? I thought drama meant... Um, well, first you, of all, did you do you? You've heard people yeah, say, say that, I don't want right? No yeah, drama. I don't want I mean, to I want to date someone without any drama. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I always took it to mean, I don't mean, I don't take it to mean I don't want you to have problems. I don't want you to have to. I don't want to hear about you going through stuff. I always took it to mean don't put your shit on. I don't want to date somebody who like you can go through everything and need support, but I don't need that. I don't want you to get mad at me when you're going through things. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's some people that like to make huge things out of things that don't have to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And because we're going through life and life has a lot of crises, you don't <laughs> want to be with somebody who is making a big deal out of literally nothing. And yeah. that's what I thought no drama <laughs> meant. What it did you are you familiar with no drama? Yeah, and I read it and and um I shared it with my husband and we both laughed. <laughs> because, because um I interpret no drama to be like, listen, you keep your feelings to yourself. <laughs> or I don't want to have this conversation. And um if I if I saw I'm trying to remember back when I was single. And probably my now husband did say something like that, which is <laughs> so funny. Um, but I think it's just um, – it's unreasonable to think that people's – what happens to them in life is not going to be shared with someone who's significant. So I, when I read that, I'm like – I read it as I'm not looking for something serious. Because okay. if you get into life, mm. you're going to get into these things. Maybe – I hear what you're saying. There are people who – um, you'd prefer not to deal with because of the way that they approach crises, right? Like we all have stuff happening. But my initial read was, um, you know, this – I want to keep things light and airy. Like we'll go um, to a painting class together and then we won't talk about it afterwards kind of thing. Yeah. And I just – that's – Now that I understand the meaning of it, I would be like, <laughs> oh, I would never want to date any of those people. You yeah. know what I mean? Now that I get where – like what you're saying that that's what the, those the, the, that means, no yeah. drama, then I would be like, oh, then I, you you're would definitely never yeah. want to talk to those people because everything is drama. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so that I would read no drama as we're just Yeah, like that's I – so means. there's two – right. There's like – I read it as someone like – Okay, when I was dating <laughs> and someone said no drop because I and I still I have um single dude friends yeah. and they say all the time. I mean, I just want to date a girl who has no drama. And <laughs> and it's funny because they also they talk to me about these women who 
do seem to be dramatic about things, right? Yeah. And I'm like always at I'm 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 always like, who are these women you're dating? Like I don't have any friends that are that fit this description. So who are you yeah. date? I don't know any women like the women you guys seem to be dating, which seem leads to be right, dating. Which yeah, which <laughs> who leads, knows how they're interpreting it? Yeah. Which leads me to believe. That they are messed up with the way that they're interpreting situations, <laughs> and they have like prob they're probably uh, recalcitrant and have no flexibility for someone else presenting them something outside of their worldview or whatever, right? Yeah. And so that's I, what it seems like to me is happening is. Um, which is, I think, more in line with what this article is saying, is that no dramas come to mean don't have any problems. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, don't have any problems yeah. in your life. I can't handle it. I have my own problems, and I don't <laughs> want to also take on your problems. Yeah. And I think in a healthy relationship um, – as you were saying in the beginning, Leah, like you want to be like, uh, no, I get that you're going to have problems and I'm here to support you. Um, no, I think the dr the drama people that like make a mountain out of molehill, what if those people are just heinous? <laughs> they're not, you know what I mean? They're not just like being dramatic, like yeah. they're heinous. And then everyone else, they're a fringe element. Everyone else is just normal amounts of like, you know, my boss is really fucking killing me. Let me talk about it. <laughs> it's not be there's not there's no drama there. It's just like Yeah, it's just a, a whole person. Yeah, it's just a three dimensional what, it's just like a three dimensional yeah, human being. I think yeah. what Laura now once I understood what drama meant, I was like, Oh yes, that's such an astute comment to make that like these people don't want to have to deal with a human being. Yeah. Um and I think and I love men. Um, you know, before anybody calls me a man hater, I have one and um, <laughs> I talk to my dad on the regular and but I do think there are men out there that what they're basically saying is like I have male friends um I'll come back to finish that sentence obviously I didn't take my med this morning after I have this <laughs> sentence um I was just talking with a male friend of mine we were just hanging out and he's dating this new girl they've been out multiple times and I go what does she do and he couldn't tell me what <laughs> yes and he had an idea of uh, the area in which she spent her all of her days um, but I was like do, do you know does she know what you do and he was like oh yeah and then he then proceeded to tell me all the things that she knows about him so I was like oh um, so that in, now that I understand what no drama means th yeah. with, that, with the author clarifying it I think we have a whole group of men out there you know guys I love you but that are like if anything is not about me I just can't take it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I am not There's ready a for. A, there are that. people that don't want a full partner. Yeah, they don't want to have to hear about your stuff, and you know what I mean. Because they're like, I need it to be about me. Leah, can I just point out <laughs> that your feeling is um, borne out by some statistics? <laughs> Tinder found that heterosexual men were three times more likely to use that phrase on uh, their profile than heterosexual <laughs> women. So um, profiles of gay and lesbian users included the phrase much less often, interestingly enough. So there is a, some very like particular heterosexual dynamic going on here. That's um, fascinating. It's so fascinating. OkCupid okay, found that men... Um, 
Um, overall, we're 10% more likely to say this than women overall, regardless of sexual orientation. They found that 47% of millennial men said that they were looking for no drama or something, quote, drama-free in their profile. 25% of Gen Xers and 12% of baby boomers. So it's definitely something that's more common, you know, um, among the, you know, the 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 millennial population. That's fascinating, actually. That would be the only statistic that like completely sort of surprises me. Oh, interesting. Because it's saying the younger generation is less interested to a certain extent in getting into like the whole conversations. Yeah, those and, kinds and of less, things. Right, but it, I, but it could I, also it, mean they it, don't want social media fights. I don't know. You know oh, what I mean? Sometimes yeah. I feel like the younger generation, the so much of it happens online. Yeah, and I think some people are like, I don't want to be with a person who is like fighting with me online all the time. Yeah. I've said this before, um, and I may have. I did a. I did a. For people who are interested, um, on the ju- the July Fourth episode of Fake the Nation was an unladylike uh, Fake the Nation crossover where I did. Oh, this sounds awesome. Um, a how to date online effectively, like I did a pep talk basically on how to date online, um, and because uh, I did it very well. And so, listen to that episode if you want to know my tricks of the trade. Um, but. One of the things that happened with the dude I'm with, I may have said this on the show before, is that he, when we started dating, he never texted me. I mean, he's a millennial, squarely, right? But, like, literally never texted me. And I had, I was, and he would just call Call me like, on. Why the are you ph- calling me? I was like, "What is the phone app on this phone? I've never used. What do I? Where do I put it? Oh, to my ear. You know what I mean? It was like ridiculous. And he was just like, "Hey, are you free on Tuesday for dinner? Like it was like that. And I was like, "Um, yeah. And and then he'd be like, "Okay, great. Um, well, can you watch you meet me at seven at this point? And I was like. Okay. And it was like, <laughs> that was it. It was like he made these phone calls. And then he only called me, no text messaging at all for like six weeks. Yeah. Um, and it was glorious. It's sort of charming. It's like writing you love letters. Oh, oh my so, God. It's it was it was remarkable. It was remarkable <laughs> because um we didn't get into there was no drama in terms of like me interpreting text messages, which I feel like I spent lots of time doing with oh everybody God. else I yeah. dated. I yeah. spent a lot of time interpreting written, yes. emotionless texts and emails. What, and what is that comma there for? And he Why is there one word in the whole like message? Yeah, I sent yeah, well, you a paragraph. <laughs> Why is there one word? Which is how my relationship started with my husband. Yeah. <laughs> but so I think um, I think that you're right. There's something that there's a there's an added element of drama that happens when we include when social media and texting are a part of it. Yeah, I also don't want to have to guess stuff. You know what I mean? Like because I feel like there because because there's so much drama in the world, I need some kind of assurance in my personal life. <laughs> and that assurance need to be that I trust that you will tell me if yeah. something big is happening. And otherwise, I'm just I, I'm going to let it go yeah. because I can't. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a, because I'm so much drama. I need a direct. I don't want to you know, have a theater presentation when you have to give me information. That's how I kind of... <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, Jessica Carbino is a sociologist in Los Angeles, and she read, um, you know, she interpreted some of these statistics, and basically uh, f- her take is that that 
people in their 20s and 30s, when they say they want someone drama-free, they're looking for women, the men, are looking for women who are quote lower maintenance, and I think <laughs> there, I think that's it. Uh, there's a weird vestige here of uh, the ideals of the fifties, right? right? And yeah. can't you just cook the dinner? Yeah, just you do it, <laughs> and then I'm uh, the man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you do all of the things, so don't talk about it, and I'll just be here, like <laughs> being a guy. And um, I think, but also be evolved. So right, just do all the things also and I want be evolved. Have a conversation with you, <laughs> right, yeah. right. but I also want you to have yeah, you like intellect heft, but only when I want to. And when your opinions don't vary that much from mine. Again, I don't I, I'm so uh, again, I just want to say about this that the we're literally read an article that did have a lot of sociologists and psychiatrists and statistics in it. So it, I don't want to be we're not man-hating here because I'm no, no, I have to, to I'm going to have to sign off on this show if we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you never have so, to say that you're the not politician. women hating. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? No, you only exactly. have to tiptoe yeah, around exactly. the uh, eggshell yeah. egos of a man. Well, that's why I wanted to, you know, the, the, the thing in the back of my mind is the term gaslighting. And my husband and I are always like, no. He, he doesn't think it's a thing. I'm like, it's a thing. It's, oh, it's a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, and I, well, the other, the article also mentioned, so that's like the younger dudes. When the older dudes say it, um, the the experts found that they they mean that they don't want to deal with your previous entanglement. So if you're a divorcee, oh, you have a kid, you have an ex husband that's still that you have to deal with, co parent, whatever, they don't want to deal with it. Um, so there you go. I, I think, think it's fair if somebody doesn't want to deal with it, and then it's fair that you know that they don't want to deal with it, and then maybe you want to be with somebody who wants to deal with it. Right. Again, like people, people come cooked. <laughs> like you can't, I think. It's like, yeah, it's going to be like good luck finding somebody. Right. Good luck finding somebody. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. And I, and I've, and I've, um, there's like, you know, there's men in my family who are still single and like in their forties. And I'm like, you, you don't want to recognize that women come cooked. Like they've got ideas. <laughs> like they're not. Just tell them to take that off their their OkCupid okay profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is kind yeah. of good that it's there because that way women have a warning. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, right. Red right. flag. That that's way you right. know this person is not for me unless I just need a good dicking and then I'm going to walk away from it. <laughs> a good dicking is how we're going to end that love, segment. Love, love. <laughs> she's not signing off on that. She's, uh, she's running for Congress and she would never say that. And, that was uh, Leah Bonima. Make sure that was Leah Bonima, just so we're clear. You guys, that's our show. I want to thank you for listening, and I also want to thank the production team here at Fake the Nation. That's our producer, Harry Nelson, our audio engineer, Andy Christens, and special thanks to Bry Moore. Gabby Alter wrote our theme music, and Lily Fleshler helps out with research. And dear listeners, we'd love to hear from you. You know this. Send us your feedback topics we should be chatting about, guests we should have on the show. You could leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981, or you can drop us a line at commentsoffakethenation.com. And if you like what you hear, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, because that literally does help people find the show. That's it. We'll be back next week um, for more summertime, because it'll still be summertime.